If you want to turn in your Bibles to Luke, to the first chapter and to uh, verse 46, you can follow along if you'd like. Mary was visited by an angel and told that she was chosen to be the one to bear the life, the, the, the baby, to conceive and to bear this child baby, this baby Jesus. And she was to name him Jesus. They were to name him Jesus, Joseph and Mary together. Um, and his name means to save. And um, after she received that and she actually said, Lord, let, let your will be done in me as you have said, uh, she went to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who was in her sixth month of pregnancy, and she had lived a life of thinking that I'm not going to have any children, uh, but the Lord changed all of that, and told, uh, an angel was sent to her husband, and he received this word that she, his wife was going to give birth, and the son that she was going to bear was going to go before Jesus and prepare the way of the Lord. And that was a fulfillment of prophecy. And so in, in all of these things that we are so happy to reflect upon at Christmas time, we see the miracle of God coming into situations of people's lives where they thought things were a certain way and it was going to be that way. And they accepted that, and then suddenly God came in in a powerful way and changed their lives forever. And not only their lives, but the lives of everyone in the world were changed forever. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing. And so we are all part of their story. We, we read about them, but we're also a part of them. We're all connected to them, and it's a beautiful thing. So try to remember that we are involved in this story. We are involved in these people's lives. And when we get to know them, as you go along in life, you become, you become amazed at how God, you know, works in our lives and how he touches us. And so, so amazing. And, he, and he's always said he was going to do that. And he planned that from the very beginning when he brought the first human beings into the life. He blessed them with so many things, right? And so we just want to make sure that we are aware of our tendency to wander away from God and to embrace the, the things that are so beautiful that God gives to us and desire them more than the other things that are actually very short-lived in our lives. We may think sometimes that a, a certain thing that we see or a, a, a thing that we are seeing other people involved with in their lives is more, uh, more attractive at the time. From my experience, and I think that you'll be able to share this with me, um, those things with time lose their meaning they, because they're not of value. They're not of the things of God. And so God gently directs us back to himself. And when we get into the scriptures like this one, we are reminded of his power and the superiority of God over all of the other things in the world. And that's what we come into here, even in our, our church here. It's, you know, it's a beautiful place to be because God is here. God is with us. And so Mary went to see her, her uh, cousin Elizabeth, and she was, you can imagine the conversations that they had 
you're pregnant, I'm pregnant too. I heard that you're pregnant. I came to see you because I heard this, you know, and then they're together and they're talking about how people are going to notice this, obviously, right, that they're, that they're pregnant with time and they're going to know something is happening. Um, and so they, they came together in this kind of a way and something very special happened when Mary approached Elizabeth, the baby, in at six months, leapt in the womb of of Elizabeth, it's a, it's it's pretty cool when you think about it. But he was one that was going to be leaping as a grown man to go out and tell people you gotta you gotta prepare and repent because this this Savior, the Messiah, is coming, and I'm here to tell you that. You know, and even as a six month baby growing in the womb, he leapt when he saw and heard the voice of Mary, the mother of Jesus, and knew that that his time was coming. And that was his purpose. It was there. Amazing stuff, you know. And so um, that being, you know, leaping kind of a feeling is something that we also can connect with in our, in our own lives to say that, yeah, when we hear the, the, the name Jesus, when we pray, when we, when we rejoice, when we, when we worship, when we live, we can always have that inside of us knowing that we are in the presence of Jesus. Always. You know, it's not just a one-time kind of a thing or a certain times of the year, but it's always there for us, amazing things that God wants to show to us. And so after um, Mary heard Elizabeth say this, blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. When she heard these words, at least this is the way it's coming in the book of Luke, she began to sing this song, and it's called the Magnificat, which is to magnify God. And there's other parts in the Bible that say that. Psalm 34.3 also speaks about, let us magnify the Lord. So Mary was a, a very learned woman, even at a very young age, she was a very learned woman in the scriptures, in the Old Testament scriptures, and all through her song come her reflections and her knowledge of the things that she knew from the Old Testament. And she was living those out uh, herself in that moment and sharing it with all the world. And so when we look at this, you could say that she was inspired by the Holy Spirit and all of these things came out from her. But at the same time, it came from her study of the Word, which teaches us the importance of the study of God's word from the beginning to the end of it, to engage in that so that it comes out from us and we begin to speak in the words of, of, of God to other people and we are reflecting of that. We're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. One of the uh, things that the Holy Spirit does for us, and we read that in God's word, is to remind us of what we have heard from the word of God. He reminds us, right? God reminds us through the Holy Spirit in moments in our life when we need to know things, either to witness to people or to gain strength from God and to know we're not alone in the crisis we're facing or something that we're going through. All of the scripture and the things that we're prepared for uh, from whatever age we, becoming, we become a Christian or come in contact with Christians and we begin to learn God's word, there begins a process by which God is using his word in our lives to be spoken out and to be shared with other people. 
and to be reflected upon in our own lives. Yesterday, when we were singing with the congregation, I think Lee China had this concept in her mind when she put together the program was for us not only to have choirs singing to people who attend, but for everyone in the congregation and the choir to be singing in one voice. And what happens there is that we, we have another level of involvement in the rejoicing and the glory of God. You know, and so um, I can tell you when I was standing down there and I was conducting one piece, um, there was a, f- a connectivity that did not exist of, uh, the same way when I'm standing up here, you know. So, you know, I'm standing up here because there's a mic here now and everything. <laughs> we have Zoom and all these different things. But I would actually, you know, prefer to stand down there because there is this connectivity that we have immediately with that, that is better than being here, right? But we do practical things. And, but, but we still have that kind of a connectivity with one another. And don't overestimate what, you know, the words of John when he was saying that we saw and we touched the Messiah. That is, that is how close God is to you. Not just at the time when he lived here, when Jesus lived here, but he connects with us in our lives. And one of the ways that he does that is through the Bible, one of the ways he does that is through prayer, and one of the ways that he does that is through the church, his church, the people that we connect with each other. We, we, look, we take the time to look at each other. And when we look at each other, it's, it's beautiful. Right? It's a beautiful thing that we have. What a, what a great gift God has given to us. So when we look at this, at this hymn of Mary, it's coming from this young girl, a teenager, who has just been told that you're going to be touched and over, overshadowed by the Holy Spirit with a baby growing in you. And just to think about what that, the implications of that, she's, she's betrothed to someone, she's promised to Joseph, and now she's told you're going to have a baby from God in this way, and it's going to be the Son of God growing in you, right? And so she's taken all of this in, and then she, she heard that Elizabeth is also going to have a baby in her old age, and so she runs to her, and they talk, and Elizabeth noticed, and she confirms by what she says that, yes, I know who it is that you're going to give birth to, and this is amazing what's going on here. And then Mary just is overwhelmed with all of the things that she has been told and, and is experiencing with a baby growing in her. And she sings this song. And there's three parts to it. Um, the first part is that she's amazed that God would look down on her. In her humble situation, she's a, a, it's a young girl and from a small town and Nobody, basically, you know, in her own mind or people, you know, it's just like Mary, oh, the girl, you know, she's going to marry Joseph. And then suddenly she's the mother of Jesus. Right? So we have that part at the beginning here, and she's taking all of that in. And then the second part is that she starts to expound on that, and it grows into how God has looked down on all people, especially poor people in the world, the people that are lowly in the world, and lifting them up. 
And then the third part is that she speaks and writes about how God has remembered his people, Israel. And not only Israel, but also the Gentiles. And so it expands into all of these things. And so Mary, this young girl who is humble of heart and from a small town and has her future before her to be married and then to have children or whatever you know God would bring to her, is now a representative of Israel and the way that people have looked down upon Israel in their in all of their, their, their time there under Roman rule and all the things that were going on. And she becomes a representative of how God is reaching out not only to them, but to all people. And this is Mary. And this is the work of God in someone as simple as she is to take that person and show his glory and show his power and show how he, he is uh, greater than anything that anyone could ever think of. And yet he comes and he's with us. So she begins by saying, my soul magnifies the Lord. Can everybody say that? My soul magnifies the Lord. I loved what Kit did with the the picture that Alfred and uh, Pat provided for us. So let's just do that. My soul magnifies the Lord. No? And that's where we want to be. And in, in it, we, we can't, you know, our arms are meant for that position. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Let's say that. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. If you want to pray, you know, like I, I hope that I can do that every day and remember this, just to begin that way. That's the best way. And that's the way she began this. She couldn't help herself, right? She was just like, I can't. you know, it just came up in her, this whole feeling, this overwhelming thing, that all that she was meant for, it's like that composition. She was composed in her life to give glory to God, and she was chosen by God to bear his son. There were many women, I read, you know, this like that. There were many women who wondered if they would be the woman who would bear the Messiah. That's just so how ingrained it was in their upbringing as, you know, in the Old Testament teachings and the prophets and all the things they were taught. A Messiah was coming, and they were thinking, who is this going to be? They, they probably didn't think it was the Son of God. They thought it was going to be a human who was going to be the Messiah, but God came himself. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. He has looked upon my humble, my meekness. My She's not boasting. She is saying, I am nothing. But yet he looked down upon me in this, this meek and lowly state and has changed me and the humble estate of his servant she said your servant will obey that's to her response to the angel so she sees herself in that way and we can learn from her as well I am a servant of the Lord I receive what you say to me and I will do your will 
For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. And we're doing, we're, we're looking, we're seeing that she is blessed, right? She was truly blessed by God to bear the Son of God. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. He who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And those, that, is the, that is the proper way to approach God in all of our lives. That is the way that God is teaching us through Marian, this, this song that comes from her through the Holy Spirit. God is mighty, and he has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Anything that we have in our lives comes from God's hand that is blessed. It's this blessing that comes to us that way, and it re- we remain in our humbleness that way. It's very easy for us to be prideful, right? It sneaks in there. Right? It sneaks into our lives to be prideful. And God says, lay that aside. Read this song that Mary has sung, and you will understand the right attitude before God. He who is mighty has done great things for me. Let me tell you about some of those things that God has done for me. My wife is one of the great things that God has done for me. I have no understanding of how someone like myself would deserve such a blessing, but God gave me that blessing. All of you here in our church are a great blessing to me. I have not deserved this, but somehow, in God's greatness, his might and his power, he has given me such blessing in, these, in, in, in knowing people in this church and being a pastor of this church. I mean, you have, to, you have to take each day as a time of reflecting and saying, I am your servant. I am your servant, God. And each one of us needs to have this kind of a teaching instill itself in our hearts and grow in our hearts. It is something that will keep us right with God and in the place where we need to be. Holy is his name. Holy is his name. He is perfect. He has done great things for me. What are some of the things that God has done in your life that you can say, he has done great things for me? Oftentimes, it's people in our lives. That one person, it could be someone in your family or someone, a teacher who always had an impression, made an impression in your life and instilled an encouragement in you at a time when you were doubting. There's a lot of learning that goes on in schools, but oftentimes the things we come away from is someone that taught us and they, they gave us something, and they were unknown, right? There's a lot of... Um, you know, I've, I know there's a lot of great schools and a lot of really wonderful names and everything like that. But most often I have heard from people who were touched by a teacher who taught in a school that is not known, that is maybe even like really not unknown. But God puts people everywhere. He puts his people everywhere in every situation, right? And in churches and every, every part of our lives, he puts people here that will touch our lives with his hand so that we know that he exists and that we are his people. And the things that we are thinking to to study and to do in school actually come through other means than, than the subjects we're studying. There's a lot of information out there, but the way that God works is the way he does in Mary. He comes and he touches our lives and he brings himself into our lives that way, and we are enriched. So always keep, we need to keep these things in mind. Our lives are amazing things. 
That's one of the things that I've been thinking about in considering these women. You know, when I grew up as a, as a kid, I did not respect women. And I don't want to talk a lot about that, but what I do want to talk about is that women are incredible creations of God. They possess a power and a wisdom and a, I don't know how to, how to describe it. It's, it's not describable, really, but it's something that is of God and that, that he has intended for, for women, and he blesses women. And so it's very important for men to respect and to regard women highly. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And then the next part she goes into is for the generations, other peoples. His mercy is for those who fear him. I was reading this week of of someone who said there's a lot of different things, right, in the book of Proverbs that they could talk about, but one of the main things that they do is to teach young people the need for the fear of the Lord. It's another thing again. This is go, you go to school and you learn subjects and things like that. But we, as people of God, know that the, the lessons that we need most are the ones like this. To fear God. To regard Him. To magnify His name in our lives. With our spirit rejoice in Him. And to learn how our relationship is to grow in the Lord. These are the things that make people great. It's the lowliness of heart and the fear of the Lord. That is something that God can build upon. From generation to generation. So this is this young woman, again. Nobody seemingly from this small town, and she is now prophesying his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. The arm of the Lord is, is always a symbol of strength and of power. He has scattered the proud in the, in the thoughts of their hearts. That, that's a verse that is, is really important, right? He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. Right? So there's this, this work of God in the hearts of people to show them that pride is not the way. Right? But it goes on to show us more than that. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. And that is what God is doing, right? We may not think that way and we may not see it. We may be thinking all, all these people that are evil in the world, they have the upper hand. They are the ones that are in control. But it's not that way. It's not that way. And we see that here. There is something greater at work in the world and it is God's mighty hand, Right? He brings down the mighty and raises up the humble. And he has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. The people that search after things that are of wealth in this world will remain hungry. But those who are filled with the word of God, the things of God's kingdom, are satisfied. These are all such, and this is, again, coming from Mary, this humble servant of God in a small town thinking nothing about these things before Jesus came into her life. 
And so that is the concept that God is teaching us here too, to remember that Jesus taught us, blessed are the meek. Right? So Mary's son came from Mary. Right? And I really truly believe that even though we, we know that Jesus was the son of God and he was the son of God and fully man, that he learned from his mother. His mother was not someone who just carried him and then looked at him like, okay, he's the son of God and I'm going to just do whatever he says. She taught him. She raised him. (laughs) She told him to get up (laughs) in the morning, right? She cared for him when he got sick. She taught him things of the Bible, of the Old Testament, she shared the faith that she had with this kind of regard. She had this position of being a mother, but she was the mother of the Son of God. But she raised him. Right? And Jesus came and began to teach. When he came to teach, what did he teach? He taught the things of God. He, he taught the things of the Old Testament to be meek and lowly and all of these things that God would then lift up those who are humble in his sight. He, he heard all of these things and he learned these things. But as the son of God, he was also touched by God, the Father and the Holy Spirit. And then these verses at the end talk about the last part, which he used Mary to say, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And these are the words that recall the things that were promised to Israel. And Israel was oftentimes, more often than not, this, these people who were looked down upon and that were under the pressures and the force of other powers, like at the time of Mary, that was the, the Roman, uh, the, the, the kingdom that was there in Rome. And they were, they were under their rule. But now the kingdom of God was at hand. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He was, the Messiah is coming, the promised Messiah who would lift them up, but not only in this world, but forever. And he has spoken to our fathers to, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And in Genesis, the word of God came to Abraham and he was told that he would be the father of many nations, right? That, the, that he was going to bear a son, and that son was going to then lead to the Messiah. right? And then not only for the Jewish people, but for all people, that he was going to be the father of many nations. And so all of these things, and all of these people, and all the people of the world were going to be touched by the coming of Jesus Christ through Mary. And she was saying all of these things as God's prophet, the mother of his son, but more as the prophet, right? That God was fulfilling all of the things that were promised and the Messiah was coming and he was there growing in her and would be born in Bethlehem. And so we see God's hand there in a special way for all people today and all generations. I can give you a little uh, heads up to something very beautiful that uh, is coming in our church theme. We're going to keep the theme that we have for this year. But Brother Aaron was uh, moved to say that I think that we should 
add one sub-theme, and that is to proclaim to all generations. To proclaim to all generations. And I believe that that is Holy Spirit-led because we are reading that here now, that we want all generations to hear about the good news. We want everyone to come to hear about Jesus Christ in that way. And so, brothers and sisters, we have truly been blessed by God today to be taught through Mary and her humble estate, her humble heart, the way that she was, to come before God with great joy, right? To come with God, to God with great joy. She was a, someone who definitely was, was overwhelmed by the thought that someone who's sinful like herself and lowly like herself would be approached by God. But that is the whole point of the gospel, isn't it? That God doesn't come and just use people that are perfect and do everything and that they stand out in the front of people and pray real loud so that everybody adores them and they, they have all these things. No, he chooses those who are humble of heart and they realize that they, that they need God in their lives. They need the power of God to live and to be what he intended them to be. And indeed, not only to look at themselves in that way, but to see that, yes, God has shown mercy upon the poor and the lowly of spirit. And we as people of God, therefore, have to, to reach out to the poor. We have to reach out to those around us who don't have what we have. First with the gospel and the, the saving blessing of Jesus Christ, but also to meet their physical needs. Right? We had a, we, we've, we've been having food drives in our church, and we should continue to do that. We go to the homeless center to uh, serve lunch to people there. Right? We, we do that kind of thing. We're, we're doing things in all different kinds of ways, on different levels, on spiritual levels, and also on practical means for people's lives. We want to continue doing those things, right? And it's exciting to see that, that God is using us in that way. So let us continue to do that. But also let us understand how important it is to engage in God's word so that it will come out from us and that we are not just speaking on our own, but it is God's word at work in us, and that we become his prophets, we become his witnesses, we become his disciples, right? And that we also understand the beauty of God's plan from Abraham all the way through to the end of the Bible to Revelation, to see that he fulfills his promises and his covenants with us, that he will never leave us or forsake us, and that Jesus is coming again. And that one day we will behold him. We will see him face to face. And we will be with him forever. What a beautiful day that will be. Amen.